Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, the first half of 2022 is in the books, and it's not pretty. The S&P just posted the worst first half year since 1970, dropping 20.6%. We've seen big-name stocks get crushed. Netflix down 71%. Apple and Google parent Alphabet down nearly 25%. Facebook parent Meta cut in half. And the rough times on Wall Street continues. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, let's bring on Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Ingalls & Snyder in New York. Tim, great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. How you doing? I am well, Andy. It's great to be here with you. Sounds like you're doing better than the markets. It's been a rough six months. And I wanted to start there, Tim. Just get your read on what has led to all of this and where we're headed. The markets were very strong you know, through uh, the end of 2021 and almost... Uh, on January 1st, uh, we started trending down. I think initially this was looked at as a some profit-taking, uh, potential correction in the market, uh, given how strong markets had been. There weren't any real fundamental concerns initially. You know, then the Fed began talking about the inflation we were seeing. At that and, point, as a reminder, at that point, they were saying, oh, it's transitory. Go ahead. Exactly. Uh, Chairman Powell and the other uh, members of the uh, FOMC uh, were saying that inflation was transitory. It was caused by the pandemic. And this was going to be short term. And once we got through the pandemic, inflation would come down on its own. All of a sudden, though, the tune of the Fed began to change, uh, and they were no longer saying it was transitory. Uh, and they began talking about, you know, bringing inflation down to a, quote, normal level for the Fed funds rate. And that began to put a scare into the market. Uh, and eventually, of course, uh, you know, the Fed came out and said, we're going to start raising interest rates and we're going to start shrinking our balance sheet. You know, that evolved further into, well, we're going to get to a normal Fed funds rate, which is probably about three and a half percent. There is no absolute normal, uh, but that's where they were going. Uh, and, you know, that 
you know, put a scare into the markets. Uh, anytime the Fed raises rates, generally markets go down. And quite often, the economy ends up in a recession. And fears of a recession have been dominating all the chatter on Wall Street. Another big thing that we've seen some gains in, in, in a lot of the players is energy. And so I wanted to get your take on energy. Have you dabbled in? How have you played energy? Um, you know, we have. We will continue to, you know, to uh, look at it and to either increase our exposure or decrease our exposure, depending on the on the changing environment. Uh, we're, we're not sort of a sit still manager. Uh, we're not frantic traders, uh, but we look for opportunities. And certainly we think energy over the long term, fossil fuel energy over the long term is going to remain uh, a place for capital, uh, for investment capital. Uh, these companies have seen religion in terms of new projects. Uh, I think they, you know, they they are unlikely to come out with lots of new projects, but they're going to return money to shareholders in the form of dividends and stock buybacks. Uh, that's where the the extra cash, most of it's going to go. Yes, we'll see some little developments here and there, or bring bringing back pipelines. But are we going to see another refinery built in the U.S.? I'd be very surprised. And I believe that's actually really unfortunate. But moving to the tech side, I mentioned some of those big tech names that have gotten crushed and have seen big declines. Are you starting to nibble in the likes of Google, Facebook, Apple, those big tech names uh, mentioned earlier? Not yet. And we still own a lot of those big tech names. Uh, and, you know, over the last several years, those tech names, those big tech names have generated huge returns. And, yes, we've given back some, some returns here uh, in 2022, but we had big gains before that. And this is not atypical for the financial markets. When things get to an excess Markets do pull back, but they do recover, uh, and a bear market is followed by bull markets, uh, and we think that's ahead of us. We haven't been stepping up yet and uh, taking significant equity positions. We main have maintained significant equity positions, and in ta taxable uh, accounts, taxable client accounts, we've taken all the losses there are because those losses are valuable. But we think it's still too early to step up and increase our exposure. So right now, we have a significant amount of cash or cash equivalents, short-term debt, incline accounts uh, to wait for a better day. There's no telling when that's going to be. I wish I was that clairvoyant. Uh, but when it comes, we're going to be there. We're going to be ready. And, and but so what does that look like? How do you know when you're there? Very good question. And there's no one right answer. Uh, nobody waves a flag and says, oh, it's safe to go back in here. Uh, ideally, what we look for is a market uh, that tends to flatten out. In other words, it's not seeing these big swings that we've seen lately, big ups and downs uh, in the market. Uh, and it's a market also where volume tends to dry up, uh, where people aren't trading as much. So there aren't those motivated sellers and there aren't those motivated buyers yet. Uh, I like to, you know, have some company when we go back in with a lot of cash like we have. 
Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking for a market to break out of that flat, low volume uh, environment backdrop and begin to move higher. And then you've got to move quickly because these markets move very quickly. And I would really expect when this market turns, it's going to turn suddenly. Uh, it's going to move much higher. Uh, and it's probably going to go back into a lot of the names that did well prior to this downturn uh, because they've been decimated. Uh, you have uh, companies like Google, uh, like Apple, uh, like Meta, Facebook. Um, that are really inexpensive now, especially relative to uh, their growth rate, revenue growth rate. Uh, and these companies are putting a lot of money into R&D. They have great futures, and they've got rock-solid balance sheets. Most of them have more cash than debt. These are really great companies for the future, and that's where we think the market's going to eventually go back in. That's a great point uh, because, uh, you know, I was going to say that's a great point yeah. because all those companies are on sale. And on top of it, you know, an Apple, Google Parent Alphabet, Facebook, they are all going to be big parts of our lives 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So the long term on that, on those type of companies, looks really, really good. How do you know? when to start nibbling on those particular names? Well, I think it's exactly as you just said, that when we know or we really believe the market's going to bottom uh, or has bottomed uh, or is close to it, that's when we're going to start going into those names in particular. Uh, and we have a lot of cash built up, so it's sitting there and we're ready to go in. Uh, but we're going to be patient. Uh, another thing to look for in this is if you look historically, the markets tend to turn before the Fed is done raising rates. It's when investors begin to speculate that the Fed is close to being done in terms of a, a potential recession. Markets can move up before recession actually starts uh, or certainly before recession ends. Uh, so those are all other factors that we are we are looking at here to determine when that bottom might be put in. Will we catch the absolute bottom? Probably not, but we'll get in there soon enough uh, after it has bottomed. You know, we think that's going to catch you know a huge wave of buying in these you know great companies. Are you dollar cost averaging, or are you just getting super aggressive and deploying most of that dry powder? Uh, when when it is at the bottom, we will just get aggressive and start buying. Okay. Um, and you know the way we look at uh, securities, or we do right now, uh, is uh, on a a relative basis to their weight in the S and P 500. So if Microsoft were, and it's not 10 percent of the S and P 500, we want to have 10 uh, percent of our money in Microsoft at least. Uh, now, more likely, Microsoft is probably about 5% of the S&P. But if we want to have, you know, a lot of exposure to Microsoft, we'll be double its 5% weight. We'll have 10% of assets in that company. Uh, I get pays to be selective within these great growth companies. Uh, I still think the smaller ones have some hair on them. Uh, I think they're going to be hurt in any type of recession. Uh, I think they're being hurt by higher interest rates. 
Will some of those rebound sharply? Yes, of course. But those are speculative names. They're not all going to be successful. What we're looking at are these companies that have been successful and they're set up to even be more successful going forward. But when you move back in, you're certainly moving back into super quality names. Yes, exactly. And financially secure names, companies that have a a great future because of the money they put into R&D because of the new products they're developing. You know, these are are great companies. You know, we're in the U.S., we're the world's innovators. Um, The innovations come from here, primarily, not exclusively, but a lot of them do. And that's where we see such a great future. The iPhone just turned 15 years old. Can you believe that? It's just 15 years. And yet, you know, today, nobody can, you know, walks around without an iPhone in their hand. Right. Yeah. Uh, We live with these machines. Um, And there's so many other great inventions that are ahead of us. And we worry about, you know, the supply chain and the availability of labor. Well, automation is right there, and robotics are right there, and they will step in and fill in where we don't have labor, where we can't find labor, uh, and you know, produce these great products in record speed and, and very accurately. Yeah, uh, that's so- the beautiful thing about you know the United States and the system that we're in. We come up with a bulk of of the world's innovations. And it's been like that now for well over a hundred years. Hey, real quick, we're going to go to a break and we'll be right back with Tim. We're going to hit him up with some ideas as well. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts. If that's an option for you. And as always subscribe and turn on those notifications. So, you know, when a new gains episode drops, we drop gains episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. We'll be right back with Tim Grisky after the break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back with Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Ingalls & Snyder in New York. Tim, as we were heading to the break, you mentioned as we get closer to the bottom, you wanted to move into some quality names. Give us a couple. What quality names are you eyeing? 
you know, there, there are so many of them. There really are. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of uh, the companies that I think uh, I really admire here, I'm going to start with a, a tech name, a uh, semi-name, uh, NVIDIA, symbol is NVDA. Uh, this is a high growth company. Its revenue growth over the next four quarters is forecast between 9 and 22 percent, uh, depending on the quarter. Uh, it has 55 uh, percent cash to capitalization and 31 percent debt to capitalization. So it's net cash positive. Uh, it has 40 percent operating margins, and those are expanding. Um, so uh, a peg ratio of about 1.5 times. That's PE to growth rate, very favorable. And so, great fundamentals for NVIDIA. I mean, you look at oh. the gaming sector. I know crypto's yeah. down right now, but that space will eventually turn around. They make chips for that. Uh, NVIDIA is just in a sweet spot when you start looking at gaming and crypto and a lot of things that will be driving things in the future. It really is. Now, here's the problem with NVIDIA, and it, it's related to the crypto issue. Uh, with crypto down, a lot of these miners are going out of business, and they're selling their machinery. They're selling their chips. And these NVIDIA chips uh, that are used in crypto are very valuable uh, in the secondary market, the used market. Uh, and that is uh, perhaps hurting their that part of their business right now a bit. Uh, but it's not the biggest part of their business. Uh, and it certainly has a huge future. Uh, and, you know, crypto is going to come back in some form or another. Uh, and all those chips are going to either be used uh, or they're going to buy new ones. So uh, this is a company, as you said, involved in so many different areas. Um, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, big data, whole cloud computing wave. Uh, they supply the chips for that. Uh, robots, we talked about that. Drones, self-driving cars. These are all areas where NVIDIA is huge. They don't make dumb semiconductors that are just on and off switches. They make value-added semiconductors. Um, you know, they're, they're known for being the computer on a chip. Uh, so this is a, a, a really a great company. You mentioned crypto and, and uh Crypto is a very volatile uh, market, and uh, at some point, at least some of the the big, well-known projects should come back, and that would definitely uh, benefit NVIDIA. Um, but how about some players in that space? One of the uh, stocks that I'm thinking about is Coinbase. It's been beat sure. down a lot, um, ticker COIN on that. Uh, your thoughts on on some of the players in the crypto space? Are are you interested in getting involved, or what's what's your thoughts on on like a Coinbase and some of that? You know, some of these companies did really these stocks did really really well on the run up, and now we've seen the rug pulled on a on a lot of them. And you mentioned that even miners are going under. What's your thought about the space? Is there any place that you're interested? Besides the chip portion of it, we haven't been involved in crypto at all. We've avoided it on purpose, and uh, certainly, you know, some clients uh, come to us, or at least their children come to us, and say, you know, uh, what about a crypto investment? You know, uh, we have a white paper on it, and which we continuously revise, uh, but it's in a nice way negative on crypto 
currently. Uh, it does open the door for crypto in the future, especially stablecoin. Now, what's really hurt the crypto market, I think, more recently is some of these stable coins falling apart. They didn't have the financial backing, uh, the, the capital backing the stable coin that supposedly they did have uh, or were supposed to have. But stable coin makes a lot of sense. It is something you can value. The problem with Bitcoin in itself is there's really no way to value it. Is it worth uh, $1? Is it worth $100,000. No one knows. But stablecoin can be valued. And it certainly makes, we think, a lot of sense long term. Uh, we think we'll see, you know, the, the Fed and the Bank of China issue stablecoins instead of paper currency in the future. So uh, I think, you know, there is going to be a place for, for quote, crypto, but it's, I, we think it's going to be in the stablecoin area. And certainly blockchain as well, which can be extremely disruptive uh, to some of the companies that take a little slice of that uh, transaction pie. I worry a bit about uh, credit card companies and the other financial intermediaries uh, that might be squeezed out by blockchain and by stablecoin perhaps as well. You were mentioning financials, banks. I'd love to get your take uh, a different environment for them, higher interest rates. How does that play? How do you see the banks, financials, maybe even the regional banks? Banks are financially strong. What's somewhat unusual about this correction is often, you know, corrections like this or bear markets, whatever you, however you want to term what we've been in so far this year, uh, is they're often caused by a mistake that's happened at the banks. Right. The housing crisis back in uh, 2007 to 2009, you know, was really caused by banking issues uh, and other financial intermediaries. That is not the case here. Today, we have extremely strong, well-capitalized banks that have a lot of available capital. And so I've got no problem, uh, especially owning the debt of those of those banks. And certainly, as interest rates go up, banks make more money. Uh, they they uh, they benefit from a higher rate environment. Uh, so they are benefiting from that today. What's holding the sector back uh, is the fear of a recession. Uh, and certainly, if a recession does occur, uh, those people who either have money borrowed will pay it back or have to pay it back. They may go. They may not be able to pay it back. Uh, and certainly the demand uh, for capital will be reduced in that environment. So it's a bit of a yin and yang uh, with financials today. Uh, I think some are interesting. I would look perhaps more in the insurance space. I think AIG is an interesting uh, stock. We don't own it currently, but we've looked at it a lot. Um, they've come off a very rough <laughs> couple decades, right. uh, or at least a decade plus. Um, but they've come through it well, and it's a it's a very strong company. Um, so that's one name certainly to look at, I think. And that speaks to the silver lining here a little bit is this is a different type of situation than we saw in the past. There are some good things here, and I want you maybe to hit on what you see as good. I mean, there are a lot of people employed now. 
you know, interest rates are higher. That would potentially benefit the banks. I mean, there are some yep. silver lining to this. Uh, what, what What's your silver lining to the current situation? Another one is uh, wages are going up. Uh, you know, the minimum wage has gone up in a lot of states. Uh, people are being paid more. Uh, the lack of labor or the lack of the availability of labor has caused companies to increase the, the salaries uh, of both current workers and future workers. Uh, so those are, you know, improved consumers of the future. Uh, consumers are going to have more money in their pocket. Uh, and, you know, that's going to help our overall economy. Uh, so that's going to be, a, I think, a, a big advantage of all this. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll also point to the valuation, again, of, sec- of a number of securities. Uh, there are some really strong companies that are selling at really low valuations. Now, some of those might still be above the market average, but they're growing massively. Uh, and then there are companies that are selling below the market multiple that also have great futures. Uh, I mentioned Meta before as sort of the poster child for that. It's selling it at really a big discount uh, to the average stock right now. Uh, But it has a great future. Um, It's not going to be an easy road, but Facebook slash Meta has pivoted before in these situations. They'll pivot again. And I have faith in that. There's good management here. As far as the market goes, where do you see it technically? You know, if you take a technical view, we talk about the Dow Theory a lot on the Gaines podcast. It has guided us to get out of the market in a lot of the frothy areas at the early part of the year. For a while, a lot of us were outright shorting the market. I've talked about and kind of pulled back on that for a little bit, especially since we're now at lower levels. But where do you see the market technically and and? You know, the Dow theory that we often talk about on this podcast is bearish. Your thoughts on that? So uh, if you look at the market and how the market has behaved, the stock market so far this year, it's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been very zigzaggy. Uh, yes, the predominant <laughs> direction has been down, but there have been some big rallies, you know, of course, you know, during that whole period. Uh, now, uh, you know, that. Those rallies uh, is, is, are, are really what we've sold into uh, when we have been selling stocks and we haven't bought, uh, you know, in the down, uh, you know, the down sell-offs uh, at this point yet. But at some point we will. Uh, I call it still a very depressed market, um, a lot of uncertainty out there. But I think there is, uh, you know, signs of potential change. Uh, you know, you, you look at the core PCE index, uh, inflation index, which is the, the Fed's favorite measure of inflation. That was just announced today. Very low number. Uh, so we've seen three consecutive months of declining core PCE inflation. Unfortunately, not top line, which includes food and energy, but that core inflation coming down. Very, you know, a positive sign for the market. Uh, to me, it says the Fed isn't going to go overboard here, uh, you know, and hopefully we're going to stay out of a, of a recession as well. Uh, so I think there's a lot to look forward to in, in terms of that. Um, uh, you know, it, it brings you to the issue of, you know, when to get back in. We talked about that earlier. Very tough. I mean, what I'm talking about and what we do 
Uh, it's not our primary thing we do. The primary thing we do is buy good companies uh, for, for clients. Uh, but we do raise cash when we think there is a lot of risk out there. Uh, and we've raised a lot of cash now. Uh, the timing of that wasn't perfect, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, and, but we need to make sure that we get back in in a timely manner and catch this upward momentum that we think is going to happen you know, sometime as we get through a, maybe another interest rate, site, uh, interest rate hike or two, as we get more towards the fall, that could be a good time, I, we think, to get back to the market uh, and enjoy uh, a real strong recovery. That changes every day in terms of our estimation of when that might happen. And you made an excellent point, and you and I have been in the business for a while. We've seen, we've been following markets watching this stuff give that warning because when things turn around it leaves a lot of people who got out of the market behind and that can be detrimental because of the long-term gains that you miss out on i i think hit hit on that warning to to uh the gains listener on you know it's scary right now but if you're out and you don't get back in that's even scarier it is. That's that's when you really lose. So, yeah, market time, you've got to make a correct decision when to get out and a correct decision on when to get back in. Uh, you're never going to be perfect, but you've got to be ready for both of those events really at all times in terms of investing. Um, you know, when, when markets begin to weaken, we begin to sell into that just to get into this selling frame of mind. Uh, often that ends up being not the right move, and, and we put the money right back in. Um, but I think the same theory has to you, – you've got to practice the same theory, you know, in, when the market begins to turn. You've got to get back into that mind frame of beginning to reinvest. Now, it, you know, there'll be false starts, and you might end up, you know, losing a little bit of money and having to sell again. Uh, but it gets you back into that frame of mind of I'm going to be buying – and you don't want everybody to be positive. Once everybody's positive, uh, you know, the rally is over, that recovery rally. Uh, you need to get back in while there's still a lot of naysayers, while there's still a lot of uncertainty, while there may be a recession ahead of us, while there may be more Fed rate hikes ahead of us. You need to get back in because that's when the, the market's going to turn before a lot of those events. Yeah, holding your nose and buying is always great advice. And you made an important um, comment earlier about often the market will already recover long time before they've even admitted that there was a recession in the first place. Right, exactly. Well, you know, everything is in retrospect with the markets. We don't really know uh, when a recession has started uh, uh, and when it's finished until well after the fact. Uh, we don't even know if we're in a recession currently. We could be. You know, the, the technical definition of recession, I don't know who came up with this, is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Well, first quarter was a negative GDP quarter. Uh, second quarter, we don't think it's going to be. We think it's going to be a positive GDP quarter, but it could be negative and we could be in a recession right now. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, you, you you don't know when those events really are going to occur. Uh, I think you've got to be uh, uh, keyed into the markets uh, and have a good feeling.
feel for when markets are beginning to turn or potentially turn. doesn't mean you put everything in all at once, but it means you get started. Uh, and that really could happen, you know, at any time. We don't think it's tomorrow yet, uh, but we're ready to change our mind uh, if it looks like there might be a change afoot. As we wrap up the GAINS podcast, what do you want to kind of leave people with after the, the discussion we had today, Tim? Uh, you know, it's, it's very cliche, but think long-term with investing. Think of it as a marathon, not as a sprint. Uh, if you hop in and out of the markets constantly, it's not really a, a winner's game. And, and you're going to, if you have a taxable account, it's going to create a lot of taxes. So think, think long-term. And it's never over. Uh, you know, you can make a, quote, mistake by being too early or too late, uh, but there's always a tomorrow with investing. Uh, and so, so think long-term uh, and act long-term as well. Buy great companies uh, that are going to grow over the long-term. Doesn't mean you own them forever, but buy companies you theoretically think you could own forever. Don't hop in and out of uh, the latest fad. Uh, I think that's very risky. You can you can make a lot of money, but I'd be very selective uh, with those smaller startup companies. Big thanks to Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Engels & Snyder in New York. And as always, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new GAINS episode drops. We are back on Wednesday after the 4th of July holiday. And I want to take one second here to wish America happy birthday. Happy birthday, America. I'll see you next week. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.